Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Denver hair surgery. I had my procedure done about a month ago, and I cannot wait to see the results. Uh, it stinks having your hair fall out. I've been dealing with this for a long time. So I went to go see my guy. Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery, and I can honestly tell you, I thought at the very least it was going to be uncomfortable. It was not uncomfortable at all. So so not uncomfortable uh, during the procedure and after that during the procedure, I took a video of the procedure being done. I didn't need any type of medication after it was over. It was really easy. Um, taking care of myself for the for the couple weeks that you need to do, that was totally easy. So if you are tired of losing your hair, if you're tired of wearing hats, uh, I highly recommend you go to denverhairsurgery.com. Mention you heard this on the show. You're going to save 500 bucks. You'll be so glad that you did. I had two hair surgeries done in the past, and I got to tell you, it was beyond uncomfortable. I have a huge scar in the back of my skull. That's not how they did things. The technology is so much better today, and you'll be so glad that you took care of this like I did. Again, go to denverhairsurgery.com. You said, like, with this, you're going to be able to wear, you're going to not want to wear hats, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. So everything works out. You'll be doing the safety dance, so to speak, because, of course, that song was sung by Men Without Hats. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that as opposed to the crickets. I got you, Mace. <laughs> Danny's got my back. I love mm, that. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. No surprise, Aaron Watt Rogers won his fourth MVP last night, and after he won it, he kind of sounded like a guy who was content with retirement. This is what he said. It's been an amazing 17 years. So thankful for the memories and the moments over the years. I've had good conversations with Green Bay this season, and I, you know, uh, I, I'll do some contemplating and then make my decision here pretty quick. Then he put on Instagram, extremely grateful for my life. 17 years worth of incredible memories and lifelong friendships forged because of this game. Did he just let us peek through the window of what he's planning on doing? A Do little, you take yeah. anything out of this? Well, if the thing is, like, you can go through his speech and then go through uh, what he said after the speech in his press conference, and you can find pretty much anything like like you can find for example uh how he said it's bittersweet losing nathaniel hackett he loves him like a brother and luke getsy as well and then says quote gonna miss those guys unquote which could be oh well he's gonna miss him but maybe that means he's he's staying 
He certainly had a lot of praise over the course of both his speech and his post-award remarks for Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Mark Murphy, people that we noticed last summer that he would specifically leave out uh, when he talked about what he liked about Green Bay. Remember that time he was talking about the Packers and he mentioned the fans, the coaches, right. and his teammates. Sounds like a farewell speech. Yeah. And he also said this after when he had his Zoom press conference. Quote, I talked at length at various times about being comfortable walking away and just not playing. I don't want to create more questions than I probably already have, but I don't fear retirement. I don't fear moving on. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished, proud that I've accomplished it in Green Bay over the last 17 years, and I'm excited about the future, whatever that ends up being or looking like. Also still highly competitive and still that bare taste in the divisional game, so definitely a lot to weigh, unquote. What do you make of that? Well, I want to take a step back real quick. I've heard some people suggest that if he really wanted to stay with the Packers, he would have said something last night. I'm hoping he's introspective enough to know that if he made the announcement he was staying with the Packers, and that would have been a perfect time to do it, he would have hijacked the entire ceremony last night. Yeah, people were talking about Andrew Whitworth's speech. Right. If he had said, I'm coming back to Green Bay, yep. no one would have been talking about Whitworth's speech. The, and that is a that is a great point. I could see him thinking in those terms, especially because the NFL, it's, it's so important in the NFL that it all everything leads up to the man of the year the Walter Payton man of the year award that is the that is supposed to be the signature moment and you wouldn't want to upstage that for a guy when they start their career there's a horizon line that you cannot see over clearly at the age that Aaron Rodgers is at he will be 39 when the season begins he no longer sees a horizon line he sees a finish line with that i'm going to ask you this for a reason Oh, boy. What will it take to get Aaron Rodgers here in Denver? What do you think the Packers will demand? In terms of like a trade package? Yep. And make it quick because I have another point. And uh, I think this will put the, it into perspective for you. The uh, the equivalent of three first-round picks, two second-round picks. And I say the equivalent because that may include players like a Jerry Judy subbing out for a first-round pick, for example. Okay. Is it worth it knowing what he said? I have no problems with retirement, right? Would still like to probably host Jeopardy. Is it worth giving all that up for two years? And maybe even in between year one and year two, going through this process of, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? I think one thing that maybe will have to be a part of any trade is that I could see conditional picks. That's fine. But at the end of the day, it's going to be three first-round picks. Yeah, It's going to be three first-round picks. But maybe that third pick is conditional. Fine. Is it worth giving up two first-round picks, a couple of second-round picks, maybe a third-round pick, and one of your best players on the roster for two years? Depends what your planet quarterback is. Well, it, I, it, it's to me... Like, what's, your, what's your other plan? If you're not going for plan A, as in Aaron... What is plan B? Plan B is the draft. Do you believe it? And look, and I've said this time and again, that. if they if they believe that Malik Willis can be a star quarterback, I'm fine with them trading up 
to get Malik Willis. If Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton say, this is the guy, we love him, do what it takes. I They've earned your trust. Payton's earned your trust on this. You've said that repeatedly. I'll tell you this. I would never trade away that type of haul for two years. Never. Three years, yeah, I would. Four years, absolutely. Two years, no way. That's kind of like you see a house that you love and you invest all of your money. All of your money, because that's what basically you're doing with your draft capital. Hold on, let me finish. You're, You're investing tons of money and you get to live there for six months. Is that worth it? Because I don't think it is. Not for one year, it's not. Not for one year, not for two years. This isn't Tom Brady where you're getting him for just the cost of the contract. And there's a big difference. You got got Tom Brady for the cost of the contract. You got Peyton Manning for the cost of the contract. And Peyton Manning, on top of that, had a contract that was literally year to year based on his physical. Here's the funny thing is that people talk a lot about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers on how, you know, they drafted Rodgers, and eventually he was going to replace Favre, and both played for Green Bay, both Hall of Fame quarterbacks, both led their teams to Super Bowls. But drafting Rodgers was a happy accident, as Bob Ross no, would I, say. I, no, I understand that. But there are a lot of similarities between the two. You want me to give you another similarity? Sure. Brett Favre couldn't decide on whether he wanted to retire or not. Yeah. and that, There's that, another uh, one. It's funny, because just recently in another discussion, I cited how you had the year after year drama with Brett Favre. Is he going to play? Is he not? And it's worth asking with Aaron Rodgers, you're probably looking at that same kind of year to year. Is he, is he going to play? Is he not? It's not worth it for two years. I I would not do that deal. I would not give up three first round picks for a guy who's playing for two years. I understand you are contenders. I understand that you might be one of the favorites. I get that. But for two years, uh-uh, that's not worth it to me. Danny, is that worth it to you? Three first-round picks, a couple of seconds for two years? Yeah, I'd probably do it. You would? Because I, I think it's, I think it's, it exponentially increases the odds at another Super Bowl in those two yeah, years. Yeah, but you know what you don't have? Just dawned on me. You don't have a first or a second-round pick to draft his replacement. Yeah, and there's another thing. Now, does that change yeah. your mind? Um. Now no. you're... No, I'd do it. Well, well, then again, you're a guy who just you know, <laughs> the, you're you're a guy who just laid six points on the Boston you know Nuggets game, sure. right? Okay, let me ask you this. I think we can agree that we have a pretty good idea who picks one and two are going to be in next year's draft, right? Bryce we, Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, right? Not that you can do this, but when it comes right down to it. Would the Denver Broncos be better off using this year to just try and be in position to get pick one or two next year? Basically, try and basically having a season like the Bengals did in 2019. No, we, we, we just use the word. You're you're suggesting the Broncos should tank. That's yeah. what that's what you're saying. Yeah, they're not going to. You no one no. does intentionally. But there the are final, the there fa- are things you can do. In terms of trading assets and maybe getting more draft capital for next year, that can effectively strip it down. There's a difference between Bengals fans who are accustomed to mediocrity and bad play and this city that has gone through six seasons of missing the playoffs. 
Well, you could say this town has gotten adjusted to mediocrity and bad play um, because they've no, had six seasons of missing the playoffs. I, I understand, but when you're coming off a win in the Super Bowl and you're coming off of always being competitive and being a marquee franchise in this league, year seven would be awful knowing that they're trying to tank. Explain that to Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris you, you and anybody else. And that's the and that is and that is therein no lies way. the problem. No way. But maybe some of those guys you're literally thinking about trading. Look, what you've done here the last six years, it hasn't, you know, trying to, okay, let's, you know, get, let's, let's get the, let's try to find a, a British quarterback. Let's try and find a veteran. By the way, what that you, hasn't worked. Well, what are you saying, by the way? What are you saying, by the way, to a brand new coaching staff, all a bunch of kids who are first time coordinators? What are you saying to them, at least with the Bengals? They're usually bad, right? I, I don't think that the Bengals tried to tank in their 2-14 and 14 season. They didn't try to tank, but certainly... Their was, roster tanked yeah. because their roster wasn't good. It was a roster, I think they'd gone like 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine the year before. I mean, they were... Ba- basically, the previous three seasons for the Bengals, after five straight playoff seasons... The previous three seasons before two and fourteen were very much like what you've just had for five years with the Broncos. The the now here look in a in a world where you could say, all right, you know everybody's going to be back. This would actually be a potentially logical play. Sacrifice the short term for the long term. Okay, let's just here's get- the problem though: is the team is going to be sold. You're going to have a new owner in. Probably by the start of the season. They don't want to lose right away. And I don't think that even though this sounds good in theory, you don't know that this new owner is going to be patient. I'm listening to the music. To play this out. I'm listening to the music, which means we need to hit a break. If you're only getting two years out of Rodgers, you giving up all that capital? No. Hell no, I'm not. Coming up after the break, Joe Burrow has a chance to do something that no quarterback has done in the history of football. To say this would put him in elite company, which he would be by himself, is something. We'll tell you what that is next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Explain to everybody what we're playing here. The Bengal Growl. This, this goes back to 1968. Yeah, it doesn't inspire. Goes back to Paul Brown. Look, this isn't bear down Chicago Bears. No, it sounds like a bunch of men. But their fans love it. It's, it sounds like a bunch of backup chorus singers on Broadway. I mean, it's a 50. It's a 53 year old song. Mm-hmm. Time but to update it. Every team. Well, the thing is, though, every team has their own unique culture, right? Right. Well, there's a, like there has been talk in the Bengals organization, even like Mike Brown, son of Paul Brown, has run that team since 1991, thought, okay, maybe it's time to modernize this a little bit. Well, 
the Bengals are a family business, and his uh, granddaughter, who's now uh, an executive with the organization, uh, was in working in the San Francisco Bay Area, and she it, she is actually the one who's it, kept this song there because she said, "Look, I went to a Bengals bar to go watch a game, and it was back I think in 2015 when they won the division and went to the playoffs." And she said the whole bar was singing this song. It may it's one of those things that. It may sound it's it's cheesy and corny to everybody else, but it means something to Bengal fans. They're not getting. Well, I'll give you one, Danny. Can you look this up? It's the Chicago Blackhawks theme song, and it is a song I grew up listening to. Um, Not Chelsea Dagger that they play when they score the goals. No, and this particular whenever I hear this, I probably feel the exact same way. The Bengals fans feel because this is an old song that was probably done in the 1960s or the 1970s, and it brings back memories for me. It's probably the same thing. Danny, is there anything like that that you can find? Called Here um, Come the, the Hawks. First, Here Come the Hawks. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Let me. I looked up Chicago Blackhawks theme, and the first like five yeah. things were all Chelsea Dagger. Right. So yeah. it would be Here Come the Hawks, Here Come the Blackhawks. And that's yeah. the way it starts. And it's the same type of tone as the Bengals. Probably the same singers. Oh, it doesn't come with lyrics? I just put on the first one that I found. It might be instrumental. In here come the Hawks. Here come the Blackhawks. That's how it starts. Dun, 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 dun. It sounds like a, a theater production. Yeah. You know, there are... Here come the Hawks! Here come the Hawks! You know, that gets me thinking, Eric, because I think of, like, a couple other songs. And actually, I just I just texted them uh, the links to Danny, if you can check and see. One of them is in the NFL, and this came, this came out in the 1990s. The, is it a Chargers song? No. The Carolina Panthers when they started yeah. had a song called stand and cheer okay and uh, you know D- hey dom capers probably knows this because he was uh the we should ask him about the panthers i should have asked vic fangio about it because he was the panthers original defensive coordinator right. and then the other song that kind of it, it doesn't make any sense and it's kind of like that blackhawk song it's the one i'm wearing a hartford whalers cap today right yes you are brass bonanza Mm-hmm. It's an instrumental song that yeah here's standing cheer. Very collegiate. Well, I used to work for the Panthers. Right. It's cheesy, but it's like the and I and I remember like talking with fans about it. It's cheesy. Everybody knows it, but it's like, it's our cheese. Brass Bonanza. This is Brett. This is the Hartford Whaler song. All right. This, this sounds like a Nancy Sinatra song in the 1960s. There's no lyrics to it. Sounds like an entry Nancy Sinatra song, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but they what happened was they used it as a bridge on their highlight film, I think, when in 1976, when they were still the New England Whalers, and it just caught on. And in fact, like remember the old wait, do we have Bear Down Chicago Bears? Can we find that one? But we're really working Danny today. Oh, I know. See, this is this one is an all time classic because it won't just be lyrics. 
it won't just be music. You must have the lyrics with it. Yeah. Isn't like the, the best version of this, the one that was done like by the Chicago Symphony? I'm not sure, but, they, that, but I don't need to hear the Super Bowl shuffle. This is the one that is actually played at Bears games. Yes. I, be- I, I believe so. Yeah. I did. I, I was actually, I, I hope it is because I just. Yep. looking at Nolan wearing his St. Louis Cardinals cap and they probably don't have anything good because Chicago just seems to rule you know St. Louis you're this, like our you're you're like our poor little brother that we just constantly yeah. beat up on I understand the Cardinals are good Blues don't have the same tradition you can't even keep a football team Oh the the, blue, the Blues have please, a lot of tradition please what, what do you have for basketball nothing the St. Louis Billikens please Hey Bill that's a great name is the Billikens Billikens Yes. You got the arch. I still don't even get that. Gateway to the West. I know exactly you know, cool. the gateway. You I know exactly what it is. Missouri. Uh, Have you ever been up in the arch before? Yes. You see all the way from sea to shining sea? I don't think that's true. No, it's not. No, you, it's not. You can see two states from the top of the arch. Right. By the way, that version of Bear Down Chicago Bears, that was performed by the Chicago Symph- Symphony Orchestra and Chorus. You know what the best part about... I, I, I love it because of it. It's, you know what's the best part of I-70? Because it goes right through Denver. Is you, is you can buzz right through St. Louis and not even miss it. What do you have against St. Louis? They have a good baseball team. That's that's all they bring to the they, party. They've, they've got some great food. I mean, toasted ravioli. Well, what's St. Louis most memorable for? Baseball. No. No, it's not. The the, the Gateway Arch. No, not, not even that. Toasted ravioli. About a Frozen custard. No, I'll tell you what St. Louis is most known for. About a five-second beauty shot in the movie Vacation. That's it, and that's that's as much time when, as you really when, need to see St. Louis. When 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 uh, Rusty Griswold, <laughs> look at Noah Rusty just shaking Gris- his Rusty head. Rusty Griswold wants to go up in the arch, and Clark says no, and they start singing about uh, going over the river, deep river. Here, here's my the home here's the thing about Jordan. here's the thing about St. Louis. When Mike Liute is probably the second best player. In Blues history, outside of Hull, that tells you about that franchise. No love for Bernie Federico? No, not really. Al McKinnis? McKinnis There's I mean, a statue McKin- of Al McKinnis. McKinnis was pretty good. Al- he had Chris a great Parker slap was shot. Great. I mean, come on. I know, but Mike Leute's probably Wayne- on the Mount Rushmore of St. Louis Blues Wayne players. Gretzky played in St. Louis. A cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. He had a cup of coffee there. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Adam Oates was there for a while. Remember that the whole the Hull and Oates. See, this is the thing, and it's coming out. Brandy Shanahan, my, and Craig my Jenny, Chicago, Jenny line. My Chicago arrogance is coming out on that little dumpy city, five and a half hours south of Chicago. Yeah, and you know what? I, I say this. My my <laughs> look at my, my, Nolan. My, yeah, he's about to bust. He's over there. Right. My 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 dad lived and worked fourteen years right. in St. Louis. He's probably listening right now right i will stand for no impugning of the city of st louis on this show. i will give st louis credit for one thing their fan base is small but loud they are as passionate as any fan base in the entire country you know i will give them that you know and they yeah. stand by their teams no matter how bad they are and you saw that site in the they nfc usually cha- are in the nfc championship game yeah when about 70% of the people in the Rams stadium were yeah. wearing red. Right. 
that would never have happened if the Rams had stayed in St. Louis. Right, right. If the Niners had gone there, that would have been a raucous crowd cheering for the home team. You know the you know that's the, what the Rams lost when they left St. Louis. You know the phrase I kid because I care? Yes. I kid because I can. Coming up after the break, we're going to tell you about Joe Burrow, what he could do that no other quarterback has done in football history. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Their lumber is all over the city of Denver. You can find them at Empower Field, talking about their lumber, Coors Field, the Stanley Hotel up in Estes Park. It's great quality, and you cannot beat their prices. The big box stores, it's overpriced, especially when you compare them to Rocky Mountain Forest products. Again, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. All right, a little trivia for you. Joe Montana, Joe Namath, and Joe Burrow are the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Joe Montana and Joe Namath are the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl and a national championship in college. Jim Plunkett and Roger Staubach are the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl and a Heisman Trophy. Joe Burrow has a chance to be the only quarterback in football history to win a Super Bowl, a collegiate national championship, and the Heisman Trophy. So if the Bengals win on Sunday, is this nothing more than a great trivia question, or is it something more significant? It's 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 something more significant, I think. And I think um, he won't be the last to do it either. Okay. Like, like one of the things that's interesting, it used to, you go back through a lot of uh, football history. I'm just going to like, just let's go back to like the, uh, the 1990s through about through like uh, 20, let's just say through about 2007. Okay. So, so let me guess what you're going to do. You're going to go, go through, through all these quarterbacks who are absolute busts. They were well. Not only they were busts, they weren't busts, or they or they were just they were low draft picks, and they didn't even they were they couldn't be considered busts. Ty Detmer, Gino Toretta, Charlie Ward. You forgot about Andre Danny Ware. Warfel. 1989. He was 89. I started in 90. That's why. Yeah. Ty go De- back even further. Yeah. Yeah. Ward, Worf, Danny, Danny Warfel, Chris Wanky, yep. Carson Palmer. There's an exception. Jason White, Matt Leinart, Troy Smith, Tim Tebow. What we have seen since then. Can I, can is, I, point, can I point out yes, something interesting? Yes. See, w- you started in 1990, and it was a good spot to start, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Andre Ware is 1989. Yeah. When 
go back 88 and further back. Vinny Testaverde, Doug Flutie. Oh, no, no, no. Tell me what pattern this is. Yeah. Barry Sanders, Tim Brown, Vinny Testaverde, Bo Jackson, Doug Flutie, Mike Rogier, Herschel Walker, Marcus Allen, George Rogers, Billy Sims, Earl Campbell. It's the prime. Tony, it's prime, all running backs. It went from being all running backs yep. to then being a lot of in between. And now you look at the last few years of, of Heisman Trophy, right. of Heisman Trophy winners. Let's just say since Derrick Henry in 2015, since then, Quarterback Lamar Jackson, quarterback Baker Mayfield, quarterback Kyler Murray, quarterback Joe Burrow, wide receiver, so on the receiving end of a quarterback, right. Devontae Smith, and by the way, his quarterback was Mac Jones, and then quarterback Bryce Young. So it, And the other thing is, those even those quarterbacks I mentioned in the 1990s and early to mid-2000s, their skills didn't translate. Now we're seeing all these quarterbacks who, as the pro game has evolved, and the college game has kind of been in lockstep, their skills are perceived to be translating. So I think I think I, Joe Burrow, whether it happens in this game or another t- or 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 down the line, he may be the first, but he won't be the last. Here's the thing. When you look at a stretch that was 2012 to 2015, mm-hmm. Mariota, Winston, Manzel. RG3. Yeah. Generally speaking, these guys were not pocket passers. Generally speaking. And the guy before that was Cam Newton. Right. And I'm not including him, but you can include him. But Cam Newton won an MVP, led his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he came, he's the, cl- he basically came the closest to pulling this off. The NFL, I don't think back then knew what to do with these guys. They were terrific in college, mm-hmm. but they really didn't fit the pocket passer mold. Jameis Winston did. I mean, he could he he could lumber, but he was a he was a passer. Okay, but generally speaking, with those four guys, they didn't fully fit the mold. And we'll take Winston out of there a little bit. But Mariota, you're right. Manziel, you're right. RG three, absolutely correct. Now Kyler Murray, yeah, he's a pocket passer, but boy, that kid likes to run. Lamar Jackson, I don't even need to go any further than that. He was a runner first for my, a while. My point is, NFL offenses have decided to. Take these quarterbacks and tailor make an offense around their skill set as opposed to just five, six years earlier saying you need to adopt to what we do as a pocket passer as opposed to today where NFL offensive coordinators have said, we're going to look at your skills and we're going to adapt our offense to you. Imagine that adapting your, your, your tactics to the skills of your players. Right. It's what really you should have been doing. All along, I mean, you might achieve it. Like for example, I mentioned in, in the course of rattling off Heisman winners, Charlie Ward, nineteen ninety three, Florida State. What could he have done today? He would have been Kyler Murray, right? Or and I would even say, with all respect to Kyler Murray, a better version of Kyler Murray, right? And like like no Doug, one wanted to give him a chance, right? And so he played basketball because no one was going to draft him, right? Doug Flutie had to after a brief stint in the NFL and USFL had to go to Canada and then came back to Buffalo. If Doug Flutie had come was playing today, yeah, he would have been a slam dunk number one overall pick, right? Because he had the arm mobility, but no one could figure out what to do with a five foot ten inch quarterback right. in nineteen eighty five, right? I mean, Today, he, Doug Flutie probably be uh, having a Hall of Fame career. I mean, well, here, l- let's take the best example. But then again, 
this example I'm about to use is why NFL offensive coordinators are cautious because the cautionary tale of all the quarterbacks, and we didn't name them yet. We haven't named them yet. You know what the cautionary tale is? Well, I thought you were going to say RG3. That's a cautionary tale. No. The cautionary tale is Michael Vick because he did like to run, but he could pass from the pocket, but he got injured so much that he never had the type of NFL career that many people had hoped that he would. So the NFL rolled the dice on Michael Vick. He might have been one of the first that the NFL said, okay, we saw what he did at Virginia Tech, and we will try and tailor make an offense around him, but he got injured. And I think team shied away from a guy like him until maybe until a Lamar Jackson came along. Well, there there's that from Michael Vick through like Mariota and even RG three in this, there's that era of trying to figure out kind of what, what to do with these quarterbacks, right? Like it went from completely shunning them to, okay, these are kind of the early steps. We're kind of, it's the beta test version. We're trying to figure this out. Now a team teams know like Malik Willis would we have been talking about him 15 years ago as the first as clearly the first quarterback off the board? No. Now, Malik Willis could go as high as number two, right? And he's incredibly raw, and he and he's got a, a huge schematic transition, but he has these attributes, and you can design an offense early that until he really learns how to read a defense, says, "All right, you've got great speed." Just t- take off, discombobulate a defense, get them on their heels, and we'll, and then you can piece by piece figure out how to read NFL defenses, and that gives you a chance to succeed. Danny, what do we have coming up on, just in case you missed it? We are going to discuss some of the things surrounding the Super Bowl that we enjoy uh, almost just as much as the game itself. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. By the way, the Bills are hiring former NFL quarterback Kyle Shermer as their defensive quality coach. That name sounds familiar. Yes, his dad is Pat. Yeah, Pat Shermer has still not been hired. Vic Fangio is actually still out there right now. He is. Of course, uh, Vic Fangio will still get paid. Right. uh, He'll be fine. If he doesn't uh, get a job, so he'll be okay. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. I wasn't planning on doing the just in case you missed it okay. because it's the generic one and That's this funny. isn't really a just in case you missed it topic. It's more of a uh, discussion. discussion topic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so outside of the Super Bowl itself, 
what's your favorite part of the game of the big day or the day of the big game? Um, is it going to a Super Bowl party, the pregame show, the halftime show, which is absolutely stacked this year, gambling on the game, the food you eat during the game, the commercials maybe, or uh, something else? You know what? They got rid of long ago, got rid of what my what was my favorite non-Super Bowl part of the, of the game day, which was for about 15 or 20 years, there used to always be a really big college basketball game at some point early in the early to mid afternoon. Um, it, it went back to like the set to the early seventies when they would have these like made for TV games. Like I think UCLA was involved once, like you'd see North Carolina, Virginia with Ralph Sampson, that sort of thing. And I miss having something else big early in the day to kind of whet your appetite for the Super Bowl. Well, you don't have to worry about that because you're going to be in L.A. and you're going to be with your family. Right, but I just... Colorado State, Boise State at 2 o'clock p.m. There, Okay, 2 o'clock Mountain Time? Yes, sir. That's perfect, then, because I, I don't really like to watch the pregame show. I want to watch a game. That's, so, that's, so wait, that's you're gonna, great. So you're going you're gonna to tell your wife and your daughter, hey, sorry, can't go to Disneyland. I need to watch the CSU we're not, Boise State We're not State going game. to Disneyland on Sunday. We're watching the game. You've... you've we're going to be in a hotel hanging out, hanging out All maybe, day? maybe by the pool. Maybe it's going to be a hot day, probably okay. hanging out by the pool. And then I'm, I'll probably, while I'm at the pool, pull out my phone and watch CSU Boise. That, that's great, Danny. That's exactly what I needed to get ready for the game. I, I, the, the chatterbox stuff doesn't do anything for me. I want a good You're game. You're with your family. I, I'm, I'm relaxing. You're with your family. Play with your daughter in the pool. Well, I'm sure we'll do that over the course of the day, but you're not... Honey, I just want to let you know from noon until 7 o'clock, I'm unavailable. I'm not watching it, like, intently. I'm doing it, like, while I'm doing other things. But it's nice to have a a game on rather than just people going blah, 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 blah. Okay. I am not a Super Bowl party guy at all. I want to watch the game. Um, I don't want to be bothered while the game is going on. I don't want to be your source of entertainment and your source because I happen to be a sportscaster. Just let me watch. So what's happening here? Well, I would tell you if I could listen. That's usually the answer. I, I like to watch it either by myself or with one other person or maybe like three other people in the room who want to watch the game. Parties, they don't do it for me because it's not the primary reason people are there. They just want to eat chips and whatever and talk, and I can't even hear the game. Uh, pre-game show, no interest. Gambling on the game, I'm not a big gambler, but I'll enjoy gambling on the game because it'll make the game more interesting. I like to cook, so for me, my pre-game is preparing everything. So I love to do that anyway. So what, what I would try to do is I would try and make a couple of things indigenous to both cities. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's for cool. yeah. that particular game. So are you making chili? No, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas golfing. Uh, but would you make chili? No, because I'm not a big chili guy. And quite frankly, uh, and, and Mandy is allergic to fish, so I'm not going to make mahi tahos, tacos. So either way, I don't have to cook for the Super Bowl Yeah, because I'm not going to be there. Uh, the halftime show I like, if it's a group that I like, and you can't go wrong with Dre, you can't go wrong with Eminem, you can't go wrong with Mary J. Blige, you can't go wrong with any of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to the halftime show. How about you, Danny? Oh, well, I'm definitely looking forward to the halftime show. Those are kind of a lot of artists that I grew up with. Right. Um, and then, you were a gangbanger when you were young in the in the rough streets of Denver. 
Well, I actually didn't live in Denver when I was young. Where'd, but you, where'd you grow up? In the uh, in the rough streets of Jamestown, Rhode Island, and Lorton, Virginia. Oh yeah, a lot. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah, you were in the hood. I'm Absolutely. sure. Right. Um, so I'm, Very yeah, I'm looking mixed neighborhood. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the halftime show. Yeah. I also am planning to make some make a lot of food. I'm not making anything that's specific to LA or Cincinnati. I'm just making things that I like to eat with a game. Right. Uh, so there's a chance that I will make a pot of chili. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to just kind of watching the game with a small group, not a big party. We've done a lot of big parties in the past with my friends. I think this year will be a smaller gathering and then gambling on the game, but not necessarily with the sports books, more just with the other people I'm with so that we can immediately exchange cash and that keeps it a little more interesting. Picks, so what kind of bet would that, each other. what would that bet look like? Oh, uh, well, I know I'll start with the coin toss. I'll do a coin toss bet. Oh my God, you're hardcore. <laughs> and, uh, Why don't you do the just, squares? Why don't you do the squares where everybody can play that along? That seems like a lot of work. It's not a lot of work. <laughs> Actually, it gives everybody reason to watch and you could really have quite a, quite a pot. Is that something I would have to print out? Because my printer's been acting up. It's been no. a real hassle. No, all, all you do is you make like a grid, and you have zero through nine on the top, and zero through nine going down the side column, and everybody can do like a buck a box. And you just write your initial in there. So what what's the math on there, uh, Rain Man? It's, uh, it's if you do like, is it nine squares at the top? 10 yeah. Square, 10? The well, 81 like boxes? 10 by, is it 9 by 9 or 10 by 10? Well, 0 through 9, so That's so 10. 10. It's 100 boxes, easy. There you go. Yeah. It's a lot of boxes. So what? So you have 100. So what you do is you'd have everybody buys as many squares as they want. And it's 100. I mean, I would do it for five. Well, you can't. How high will people go? Only a buck a box or five bucks a box? Because then you could really make it interesting. Oh, I have some friends who are even... <laughs> more significant degenerates than I am. So they would probably want to go five. Oh, so five. So it's $125 a quarter. Yeah. That's well, a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice little bag. You'd be going home. I mean, with. everybody would want to probably pitch in a hundred with your friends, right? Yeah. There's a good chance. Yeah. So you do it. Do a, so you have a thousand dollars per, so 250 bucks per quarter, or you can split it up. Where it it seems like too much. I think I'll just. Oh, that's I think I'll just oh. keep it with one bet at a time. Go with the flow of the game. No, because then you're rooting for final scores at the end of the quarter. Everybody's rooting for their own number. You do as you want, but then again, I'm talking to somebody who's betting on a coin flip. Jeez. It's just a good way to set a tone for the game. Last year, I yeah. lost the coin flip bet, and then all my other bets followed suit the rest of the game. Well, you know, so I want to know at the beginning right? if I'm going to be on the right side or the wrong side, and. So you're I'm either, often on the wrong side. So you're either going to be on the chief side in the division game and win the coin flip and win, or you're going to be on the Bengal side and lose the coin flip, yet still win the game. It would be nice, but I think that my luck is such that if I lose the coin flip, I'm probably losing everything else the rest of the day. Or if you had no bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. <laughs> That's a one way to put it. Right. Yep. Nolan, great job today. Really appreciate it. Danny, enjoy your coin flip, coin flip bets. Mace, safe travels to L.A. You have safe travels to Texas. Yeah, you both enjoy your yeah. trips. Make it the best possible weekend you can.